Let's pray, hey? Father, we, uh, we thank you. You're awesome. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your blessing and favour. We thank you that it doesn't matter who we are, it matters who you are. We want to honour you. Father, let your words be life. As you stay in that place in your presence, Holy Spirit, I pray release. Release from the things that bind us. Release from limited thinking. Release from those things that hold us back, that we step into all that you have for us. Because we know nothing's impossible for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We've got to stop thinking as as humans and start thinking as Jesus. Because he has seated us in heavenly places with him. We've got to get our mind out of the trenches of the world and into the glories of heaven. Because he's the God of the impossible, who out of nothing speaks and creation flows. And in him, all things are possible. And your problem is not bigger than him. Your worry is not bigger than him. He cares more about your situation than you do. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. And it says, God said, let there be light. And then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. And God said, let there be lights. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and the birds fly over the earth. And then God said, that the earth bring forward living creatures. And then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the livestock, and dominion over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created you. The message God gave me today to share is it doesn't matter who you are, it matters who your God is. And he just kept dropping example after example. You got David, he's out there facing Goliath, and he's face to face with this impossible situation. And the whole of the Israelite army, everybody in David's world, has faced Goliath and run away. Everybody in his world has faced Goliath and run away. And their words are, he's too big, this is impossible, it can't happen. But it didn't matter who David was. It mattered who his God was. Gideon's a guy who's so afraid of what's going on around him that he's, he's threshing the wheat in a wine press, which is pretty well impossible to do because it requires wind and wine presses don't have wind in them. So here's this guy hiding away from the enemy. And God says to him, I want you to build an army and take on the opposition. And so 30,000 men come and join him, and God says it's too big. And he whittles Gideon's army down to 300 men, taking on tens of thousands of men. It's impossible. But see, it didn't matter who Gideon was. It mattered who his God was. Noah gets told that the whole earth is going to be flooded, that it's going to rain. And he goes, what's rain? Because there's been no such thing. And so for 100 years, 100 years, he builds a boat. It wasn't a two-week project. 100 years in the face of all his friends and family and everyone around him going, the guy's gone mad. Because it wasn't just a little boat, little dinghy in his backyard. This thing was the biggest thing probably ever been built up to that time. And in the face of everybody telling him it was impossible, that he was crazy, you see, it didn't matter who Noah was, it mattered who his God was. That when the flood came, even in the midst of the turmoil, I mean, it says that the waters gushed up from within the earth, that they poured, God opened the windows of heaven and poured out the rain. And yet even in the middle of that storm, in the middle of that, that violence, The boat floats because it didn't matter who Gideon was. It didn't matter who David was. It didn't matter who Noah was. It mattered who his God was. You got three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they have to bow down to this idol. It would have been easy just to bow down to the idol and say, I'm not really bowing to the idol, I'm bowing to Jesus But they didn't. They said, it doesn't matter what happens to us. We're serving God. And so they take him to this furnace and they make the furnace seven times hotter. It's so hot that the soldiers throwing them in, they're consumed by the fire and they die. And they're thrown into this fire, this impossible furnace. But you see, it didn't matter who Shadrach was. It didn't matter who Meshach was. It didn't matter who Abednego was. It mattered who their God was. 
and they stand in the middle of the fire, are they freaking out? No, they're having a conversation with Jesus. Because it didn't matter who they were, it mattered who their God was. Daniel is betrayed and thrown into a den of lions. Are you getting the message? It's totally impossible. He, I mean, think about it. Face to face with one lion's bad enough. Yeah? I'm not in a hurry to go and meet one. But he's in a den full of unfed lions. But it didn't matter who Daniel was. It mattered who his God was. Joseph gets thrown into a pit by his brothers. His brothers. And then sold into slavery by his brothers. Those who are supposed to stand with him, protect him, be around him and encourage him, betray him and sell him off to a foreign land so they never have to see him again. And while he's there, he gets sold into slavery, gets falsely accused and thrown into prison. But see, it didn't matter who Joseph was. It mattered who his God was. And in one day, God took him from absolute poverty in a prison to prime minister of the most wealthiest nation of the time. Because it didn't matter who Joseph was. It mattered who his God was. Peter gets faced with having to pay the taxes. And he goes to Jesus and said, I don't know what to do. Jesus says, go fishing. The first fish you catch. In other words, he's probably caught some more. But the first fish that you catch, there's going to be a coin in there. It'll pay your tax as well as mine. Because it didn't matter who Peter was. It mattered who his God was. John gets taken, the disciple, and he's condemned by the courts of the time. What's he condemned with? Being a Christian or following the way. And they take him. And they get this big pot of oil. They put him on a rope and they drop him in the oil as it boils away. And they pull him out thinking there's going to be this scarred, charred, messed up, dead guy. But John doesn't utter a word as he goes in. He comes back and says, how are you doing? And they drop him in the pot again and they pull him back out again. He goes, nice warm bath. Because it didn't matter who John was. It mattered who his God was. So they thought, let's exile him. Let's put him on this isle and make him work in this slave mine where he can suffer and die there. And while he's on the island, he gets the amazing revelation that we have, the book of Revelation, where he sees heaven. Because it didn't matter who John was. It mattered who his God was. You getting it? Paul and Silas. In prison, beaten, chained with nowhere to go. But see, it didn't matter who their God, who they were. It mattered who their God was, because God shakes the whole prison and gets the jailer and his family saved. Whether well, like they're facing death, God brings life. Because it didn't matter who Paul was, it didn't matter who Silas was. It mattered who their God was. Paul's on a boat, caught in a violent storm. The captain of the guard wants to kill all the prisoners, which Paul is one of. Because the boat is going to sink. But God rescues them. The boat falls apart. Floats in on a nice bit of wood. 
survives the rocks, ends up on the beach. They make a fire on the beach and this poisonous snake comes out and bites him. He was supposed to be killed by the captain of the guard. He was supposed to be killed by the boat being wrecked. He was supposed to be killed by this snake. But see, it didn't matter who Paul was. It mattered who his God was. And he takes him and he prays for the king of the island. And the whole place gets saved. Because you see, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who your God is. And the message of God is, I made you in my image. It's not about you, what I have called you to do. The situation you are facing today. You see, the problem is we're down here in the trenches looking at our situation, looking at our health situation, looking at our finance situation, our job situation, whatever the situation is, and we're going, oh, it's so hard because we're in the trench looking at the wall. And the wall looks too big. And God says to you, I did not make you to go in the trench. I won the victory when Jesus died on the cross. It's not about you, it's about Him. You see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how what your education is. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you have. What matters is how big is your God? How big is your God? We're trying to do God's job. You see, God said, I am the Lord who heals you. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see, we're trying to get healing. We're trying to get finances. What we're supposed to do What we're supposed to do is let him take care of those things and seek him first and his way of doing things and do what he is calling us to do. And let him take care of it. You see, we're trying to do God's job, expecting God to do our job. Let me let you in on a secret here. God's not going to do your job. He's not going to swap roles. He's not going to make you God. That's his job. And you're facing your situation going, I can't do this. I don't know how to make this happen. I can't see how this is going to work out. I can't seem to get through. And you know what? You're right. Because as you think, so you are. As you speak, so it is. Because you're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. And if you keep talking crap, guess what's going to happen? Crap. That's how it is. Did you ever see Jesus go, oh, this healing's a hard one. Man, that, that kid is thrown in the fire and thrown in the water. Man, how am I going to deal with this demon? Oh, I better go and pray. And oh, my condition. Da, 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 da. Just, just need to go and take a minute with the disciples. Hold on, we need to go and have a prayer meeting and just pray this one up because we need to pray it up, pray it up. You know, we've got to get the faith going. 
Did he ever come to a financial situation and go, oh, I don't know if God can handle this. Oh, man, we, we need to do, some, do the budget up. We need to do a budget up. Let's do a budget up. Oh, we need to write a plan out. Oh, man. Oh, oh. Father, you want me to do what? You want me to travel to the next town? Oh, man, how are we going to do that? Is there enough fuel in the car? You know? Has the donkey been fed its grass? You know? <laughs> we don't have enough grass for the donkey. What are we going to do? It's not going to make the journey. You know? The cart's got a broken wheel. How are we going to fix this? Oh, man! Jesus never did that, did he? See, we laugh. We think it's ridiculous. Jesus said, I just do whatever the Father tells me to do. Imagine if you woke up in the morning and went, Father, what do you want me to do today? And he went, go and do this. Your first thought's going to be, can I do that? How do I do that? How can I, if, if I go and, you know, he may say to you, I want you to take $1,000 and I want you to give it away. What's your thought going to be? Oh, $1,000. Oh, but how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? How am I going to do this? But, you know, I have to take that out of my savings. That's, that's my survival money or that's my holiday money or that's my whatever money. I want you to go and pray for that person because they need healing. But what if they don't get healed? And we start to worry and sweat the details because we don't trust God to do his job because we're too busy trying to do it. We're too busy trying to be God. I trust you, God. Just don't ask me to do anything. That's what we're saying. I'll do anything for you, God, except that. And he will push you at your point of need. I can remember when we needed a new car, and you know, the, we had a smaller car, and we were, I think we told the story before, but you know, we're planning, we were planning a church at the time, and we were actually moving buildings, and we bought a double axle trailer, and it had some heavy gear in it, because we had to, the place we were going to, it needed a ramp to get in and out because of the steps and so on and the access. And so we, had, we built this ramp, but it was heavy because it had to take a lot of weight. You know, we had to push these trolleys up with all these big speakers. I mean, just lift one of those speakers over there, you'll find out how many of those. We had, you know, about six or seven of those in there. So this thing was really heavy, and the car we had was not really made to pull a heavy twin-axle trailer. So I go to God and I say, God, I need a new car. And he says, what do you want? I didn't expect that. I said, what do you mean? He said, what sort of car would you like? I said, what would be your ideal vehicle? And so I thought, I haven't thought about that. So Dale and I thought about it. We worked out what we really wanted. He went, great, give your car away and I'll give it to you. I thought, I got set up. You know, it's like, excuse me, God, I'm doing this for you. You know, I'm, I'm towing this trailer for you. You know, we started this church for you. So you should just give it to us. He said, I will. Just give your car away as a seed. That took some getting used to. But we did. And guess what? God did. He provided the car that we needed. Because that's what God does. You see, when you do what he asks you to do, he takes care of the rest. Because at that point, I did not have the money to go and buy a car. I didn't need to go into debt. 
I didn't need to borrow for it. I paid cash for that car. Because that's the sort of God that we serve. If we do what he asks us to do, he will do what he needs to do. And people say, I want to do great things for God. Great, we'll do small things for God. You know, David's out there facing Goliath. That wasn't the first time he faced a situation. He said, when I was out taking care of the sheep. So he was doing the lowliest job in his family. In fact, it was so low that when Samuel came to anoint him king, Samuel said to his dad, bring the whole family in. I'm going to anoint one of them for king. His dad didn't even invite David. He left him out with the sheep where the servant should have been. So he was doing the servant's job. He was overlooked even by his family. And how many times do you do that? Oh, my family, oh, my family. Get over yourself. I know what it is to be rejected by family. I know what it is for people, for people in my own family to say, I don't want to know you. I know what that's like. And you have a choice at that moment. You can get offended or you can get over yourself. And sometimes that's a journey. David got over himself. He gets anointed to be king before his whole family. And you know what he does next? Goes back out to the sheep. Yay. Such a victorious moment. And what happens? Back to work. But while he's out there with the sheep, he takes on what? He takes on the bear. He takes on the lion. God says, okay, handle this one first. And he learns how to beat him. And there was probably a wolf before that. He probably killed off a couple of snakes. You know, started small. Maybe he fought the ants first, you know. (laughs) Threw rocks at the ants. (laughs) Worked his way up. So eventually when he came face to face with Goliath, he was ready. And we sit there and we're going, I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to see people jump out of wheelchairs. I want to pray and a million dollars comes in and we can do this and that. And God says, fantastic. But start where you are. Start with that person sitting next to you at work who's got a headache. Start with the $100 or the $1,000 or the $10, whatever you're at, in your hand and give that. Because he who is faithful in little things, I can trust with big things. And he says if you can handle the riches of this world, if you can handle where you are and being able to pray for people where you are, if you can handle the money that you have and being able to give it now, he says, then I can give you true riches. Because see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've got. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters who your God is. And that's how David could go on and take on Goliath. So he takes on Goliath. He defeats Goliath. Then what comes next? He's in the palace and he's playing his harp. And does the king say, come be my heir? No, the king tries to spear him to the wall. And he spends the next few years where? Hiding out in caves. You see, when you go, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do things for God, 
the enemy will rise up. But it doesn't matter that he rises up because it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who your God is. And did David try and make himself king? Twice he comes to situations where he is right standing right behind Saul. Could have killed him once while he's in the sleep, once while he's doing his business in a cave. Both times. He says, it's not my job to take care of my provision. It's my God's job. It's my job to carry out his will. Stop seeking after the things of this will. God will add them to you. He knows the desires of your heart. He says he'll grant you the desires of your heart, but we've got to first seek first his kingdom. Seek his way of doing things in every area. It's easy to get provision-minded, but we're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be vision-minded. God's place within you. Dale said her favorite verse. I read something a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember the guy's name. Mike. Mark. Bad or something. can't remember the name of the book. What's the book called? Chasing, it's called Chasing the Lion. It's about David's mighty men. It's actually the second book. I want to read the first one now. But it talks about a guy who, one of David's mighty men, amazing stories. This guy, uh, you know, strolling down the street one day and a lion comes up. Now, when you come face to face with a lion, most people run. Yeah? This guy makes the lion run. And he chases the lion into a pit on a snow day, snowy day, and kills the lion. That's this guy. He's a mighty man. He takes on the lion and makes the lion run away. He's so intimidating. Chases into a pit. It's snowing all around. He kills it. Then brings the carcass home, makes himself a nice coat, you know. You read those mighty men. One guy standing in the middle of a field full of lentils, which is important apparently. But he's standing there 300 to 1. 300 to 1. And all he's got is his sword. He slaughters the 300. Says he fought so hard that his hand fro- just became part of his sword. It froze, stuck to his sword. You don't do that by yourself. That's a God thing. See, because it didn't matter who he was. It mattered who his God was. I want to say to you, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've got. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It matters who your God is. God has given you a verse. I was saying this. This is the guy that wrote that book, said this. And it really went off of me. He says, God's given you a verse, and that verse is your vision. And I went, wow. See, mine is Isaiah 61, which Jesus quotes in In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. And he goes on to declare, opening blind eyes, basically preaching, doing miracles, setting captives free, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. The verse that God, you know, your favorite verse in the Bible, I believe that's your vision. That's your calling. 
That's your purpose in life. God put that there in his word for you. And you can't do a thing about it except trust him. And whatever he tells you to do. Yeah, the biggest fight of my life has probably been to preach the gospel to the poor. Why is it the biggest fight? Because it's my calling. And if I try and do it in my own strength, I've discovered I fail. But when I do it in my God, when I do what he tells me to do, he opens doors for me to be able to preach good news to the poor, to be able to set people free, to proclaim liberty. I've seen deaf ears, I'm still waiting for the eyes to open. To pronounce jubilee. See, my job is to see people come out of whatever it is that binds them and through the word of God to show them the power the word of God has that they can be free for whatever is holding them back to proclaim God's favor over their life, their jubilee. Whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, whether it's emotional, whatever is holding people back. I want to see them free. My passion is to see people become all that God made them to be. I want to see you become all that God made you to be. You know, I've discovered occasionally that means people have to leave. To step into what God has for them. I don't like that. But that's part of the journey. Other times people leave when they shouldn't leave. But that's my passion for you that you will discover all that God has made you to be and you step into that. Which works in with what Dale was saying before about her verse. Jesus came that he might have abundant life. Have life and more abundantly. See, we work together. It's amazing how God works that, isn't it? I want to say to you, stop putting your eyes on your physical body. Stop putting your eyes on your financial situation. Stop putting your eyes on your family relationships and what you don't have. Because as long as you see what you don't have, you won't have it. I can promise you that much. As long as you can see what you do not have, and that is your vision, that is where you'll stay. That's why people who are in poverty often stay in poverty. Because they see their poverty. You need to get your eyes on the word that God has for you. Go to your favorite verse and sit over it, read it, meditate on it. That is God's word to you. That is his calling and your job is to do that. It's his job to take care of everything else. That's how you seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, His way of living is by going to what his word is for you that looks impossible, but it doesn't matter because it's not about you, it's about your God. See, this is the cool thing. God says, seek me first and do what I'm asking you to do. And by the way, I'm going to help you do it. And while you're there, I'll add everything else unto you and take care of all that stuff too. I like that. He's doing this bit and he's helping us do our bit.
Because it's not about you. It's about who your God is. And there's the choice that you have to make. Will you seek after what your flesh desires? Will you seek after what you're most afraid of? Will you let your fears dictate? Or will you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let him add all these things unto you? Because God's got miracle working power inside of you. He's got miracle working provision inside of you. He's got breakthrough and overcoming. He made you to be the head and not the tail. He made you to be above and not beneath. He made you to do amazing miracles. In fact, Jesus said that we would go and do more than what he did. And John says what we've got read in here is nothing. He says if you write down everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it. And we're called to do even more. Because you're made in his image, Genesis says. God went, I think I'm pretty good. I'm going to make you like me. Because he's the best, right? So you're made to do what God can do. Think about that. You know, if I made a duplicate of myself, there was some way of doing that and I could just replicate myself completely in every way, then that person could do everything I could do. It would know everything that I know. Yeah? That's how God made you, in his image. You know, the angels looked at Adam and went, which one's God? Because he's made in his image. He had dominion over how much of the earth? All. So everything in his world he had dominion over. Everything. That's how you were made. When you got Jesus in your life, Jesus said, All authority on heaven and earth is mine. You've got that same dominion. You've got that same authority. You've got that same power. You just need to step into what he has called you to do and let him take care of the rest. You ought to step into your vision. Let him take care of your provision. That's a tweet, that one. <laughs> I don't know, it's the recording now, does <laughs> You, you, step into, you step into the vision that God's given you. Let him take care of the provision. The vision is your responsibility. The provision is his responsibility. He's given you a word. He's given you a verse. I encourage you, go back to your verse. Sit on it. Meditate on it. Focus on it. Every morning and every night, make it the first thing you see in the morning. Make it the last thing you think about when you go to bed. And it will own your life. And you'll step into what he has for you and everything else will fall off. Because when you're doing his vision, he takes care of the provision. Yeah? Because it's not about who you are. It's about who your God is. Yeah? Father, I want to thank you that we are made in your image. That you thought you were so cool because you are. You made us to look like you. That makes us real cool. 
that makes us heavenly. Father, I thank you that you put in each one of us a vision that builds your kingdom. You put in us each one a vision that has attached to it all the provision we'll ever need. Not just that, Father, but as we delight in you, you said you take care of the desires of our heart and we'd see them fulfilled. Father, forgive us for focusing on our provision, for focusing on our failings, for focusing on our fears, for focusing on our weaknesses. Forgive us, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, reignite the fire of the vision that you have put within us, the word that you have given us. Lord, that verse, that scripture, that defines who you made us to be, I pray, Holy Spirit, reignite that. Let it bring clarity. Let it bring purpose. That as that part of your body, your kingdom is built through us. We bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.